Well, we are excited for today, and you get a little bit of a break. You don't get to hear me speak, so we brought in a great speaker here today, and it's great, great privilege to welcome Jack Sai to, to come and bring God's Word, and we trust that you will speak the, God's truth to us and that we've come ready to hear what God's laid on your heart, Jack. So before we give Jack the stage, let's just... Um, I just want to take an opportunity and just pray over them. Thank you. Our Heavenly Father, we just thank you for this opportunity to, to gather around your word. Lord, we thank you that your spoken word to us transforms lives, and it's transformed mm-hmm. ours, because we're yes. here because of that. Yeah. And we thank you for the word that you've placed on Jack's heart. So we just continue to invite the moving of your spirit here mm-hmm. amongst us. We pray that you will speak through Jack, and as you speak through Jack, you will speak directly to us here today. So give us the ears to hear as you speak encouragement and truth and life into us. We pray this in your name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Bill. Yep. Well, good morning. Uh, I am so happy uh, to be here today. Uh, First Baptist Church... uh, is a special place. Uh, so many of our good friends are here, and I look forward to meeting so many more. It's been a great joy to know, get to know Pastor Bill. I'm thankful for his leadership at our ministerial and for his ministry in our community and, of course, here. You know, this uh, September marks my 36 year as a Christian. Uh, And I feel like I'm starting to get the hang of it. For the longest time, uh, I struggle with anger. Uh, Usually on the outside, I look pretty calm. But inside, I often don't feel calm. Um, Especially when I feel hurt or disappointed, um, I can get angry. Uh, Especially for, you know, around people that I care about when they make a poor choice in life. I can't tell you how many conversations I've had with just my own children about the relationships that they have, who they should hang out, who they shouldn't hang out. And when it comes out, I often don't come out calm and encouraging. I find myself coming out often harsh and judgmental. It feels like I just can't help myself. And as I talk to Christians, this struggle, this, this knowing what to do, but end up doing the exact opposite, this inconsistency in living out our faith seems to be a common struggle among us. In Romans 7, um, verse 15, the Apostle Paul writes, For I do not understand my own actions, for I do not do what I want, but I do the very thing I hate. I wonder if you can identify with Paul. I wonder if you can identify with me. You want to do better, but you just can't seem to to do it. You want to speak gently, but you end up criticizing. You want to stop worrying, but you end up staying up half the night. You want to forgive, but you just end up demanding that You know, they need to apologize first. Well, thankfully, God's word speaks to our situation. 
And it took me a long time before I realized the true cause of my struggle and for me to get free. What I struggle was not so much anger as much as believing who I am in Christ. My struggle was with my identity. My struggle was believing that I am who God says I am and not how I'm feeling at the time. This morning, I want to speak from Ephesians chapter 4, verses 17 to 25. If you have your Bibles, I encourage you to turn there with me. You know, on the surface, this passage tells us how to live out our new life in Christ. But if we dig in a little, we will see that it actually connects who we are with how we should live. And it's because we are truly a new creation in Christ, as 2 Corinthians 5.17 reminds us. And it's because we are truly, uh, we have died to Christ, our old self. And truly the new self, our, the new you, the new I, have risen with Christ to new life. And this is how then we should live and can live. So reading from Ephesians chapter 4, verses 17 to 24. Now this I say and testify in the Lord, that you must no longer walk as the Gentiles do, in the futility of their minds. They are darkened in their understanding, alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them, due to their hardness of heart. They have become callous and have given themselves up to sensuality, greedy to practice every kind of impurity. But that is not the way you learn Christ, assuming that you have heard about him and were taught in him as the truth is in Jesus. To put off your old self, which belonged to your former manner of life and is corrupt through deceitful desires, and to be renewed in the spirit of your minds and to put on the new self created after the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness. The word of the Lord. Paul shows us how we are to live our lives as Christians by way of a simple analogy to something that we do every day. We change our clothes. You know, the clothes that you wear to go to work in your garden, you would not wear that same set of clothes to a banquet. The clothes that you put on to paint a room, you wouldn't wear that to go eat out with friends. The clothes that you're wearing this morning, you probably didn't pop out of bed and, and, you know, wearing that. You change out your work clothes, you put it away, and then you, you put on something else that is appropriate for the occasion at hand. And so using the same analogy, Christians are called to put away the old human nature which entangles and trips us up as unbelievers. You must no longer walk, verse 17 commands us, you must no longer walk as the Gentiles do. No longer walk. You, you used to live like this, but you must stop living like that now. 
Paul calls this O human nature, the O self, in verse 22, to put off your O self. Some translation calls it the O man or the O nature. In other places, Paul uses the word the flesh to characterize this O nature. Romans 6, verse 6, we know that our old self was crucified with Christ in order that the body of sin might be brought to nothing, so that we would no longer be enslaved to sin. Colossians 3, 9, do not lie to one another, seeing that you have put off the old self with its practices. Galatians 5, 16 to 17, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the desires of the flesh is contrary to the Spirit, and the desire of the Spirit is contrary to the flesh. They are opposed to one another, so that you do not do what you want to do. The old self is our way of life prior to our spiritual rebirth. When we come to faith, put our faith in Jesus, we are born again. We are born of the Spirit. According to Paul, this old self has two characteristics. Number one, it belongs to our previous life. It's, it doesn't belong to our present life as a child of God. It belongs to our previous life. And therefore, a believer is not to embrace this old self and be associated with the same sinful practices that we used to live before knowing Christ. The old self has been crucified with Christ, and, and that's why it's, it's no longer appropriate to be part of our life. It is no longer our current status or identity. Secondly, this old self, we're told, corrupts through deceitful desires. It defiles our character by giving us deceptive urges that makes us believe what is harmful is actually good for us. The word for corruption here carries the idea of rotting, of wasting away, rusting or being defiled. Such things are ruined and useless with no lasting value. It, it makes our life amount to nothing if we give it the time and the opportunities to corrupt us. The old self masquerades as urges that, needs to be satis- that urges that need to be satisfied. And it tempts us to satisfy these urges by any means necessary. Even if we have to hurt ourselves or others to do this. The old self does not care about you. The old self does not care about those you love. The old self only cares about gratifying its desires. You've heard me said that I used to get mad at, at the kids whenever they make poor decisions, at least from my perspective. And that was not, that was not how I should live. That was my old self corrupting me through deceitful desires. I thought I was expressing love to my kids because I wanted the best for them. 
I wanted good friends for them. I want them to make wise choices. But as I look back, I think the desire was more, I didn't want to be embarrassed. I wanted to come across as a wise father. I want my kids to walk uprightly. The old self is so corrupt, it will eat away at your life until it resembles that of an unbeliever with no discernible difference from the outside. And for these reasons, we are commanded to put it away, to have nothing to do with it. Don't touch it, don't embrace it, and certainly don't live in it. Instead, we are told here in verse 23, be renewed in the spirit of our minds and to put on the new self created after the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness. First, we are to be renewed in the spirit of our minds. Unlike our previous day in verse 17, when we used to walk in the futility of our minds, we are commanded to allow our minds to be renewed by the Spirit. We can say based on Ephesians 4, 22 and 24, that this putting off and putting on is an accomplished fact. If you notice the word created after the likeness of God, it's in the past tense. That has already taken place. It's already a fact. We have been created new. And what we need to do now is to experience this truth, this reality, by being daily renewed in the spirit of our mind. And as we do that, we are being transformed daily into the image of Christ. 2 Corinthians 3.18 says that we all with unveiled faces, beholding and reflecting like a mirror the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, even as from the Lord's Spirit. This fulfills the eternal purpose God made in creating us in His image. Now notice who does the renewing. It's not us, but it is God through the Holy Spirit. God renews our mind by His Spirit. The Spirit of God takes the Word of God and renews our minds so that we are transformed and we look more and more like the Son of God. And we access this transformative work of the Spirit through faith. We read God's Word in faith. We pray in faith. By faith, we believe that God will do as he has promised in his word. Our new self is created after the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness because our new self is the life of Christ. We live in him and he is in us. And through the Spirit's transforming work, we will look and feel more and more on the outside 
like who we already are on the inside. Isn't this a wonderful truth? Put off the old self and put on your new self. Our struggle is not so much with sin, but with believing in our identity, believing who God says that we are. Because we still feel those deceitful urges, don't we? We, feel, we still feel their tugs. We do, but they're not part of us anymore. They're not who we really are in Christ. And the difference now is that as our mind is being renewed, we recognize these deceitful lusts and, and the tricks of the old nature trying to play on us and, and with the devil cheering it on and, and, and cheering us to take on the bait. And that's why in verse 27, we are commanded to give no opportunity to the devil. The devil tempts us through the old self to carry out the works of the flesh. Dr. J.I. Packer, who used to teach in Regent, uh, <clears throat> once commented on Romans chapter 7. Uh, he was dialoguing with a, a, a young student, and, and this young student asked Dr. Packer, you know, how could Paul, this brilliant theologian who wrote so much of the New Testament, um, in all of his maturity as a Christian, still struggle so much with sin? And Dr. Packer replied, he says, you know, Romans 7 is not about Paul's life in sin. But it's about sin in Paul's life. Paul's life is not about Paul's life in sin, but about sin in Paul's life. And he went on and he, he, he illustrated with a, with a drinking glass. He said to this young man, he says, you see this drinking class. Now imagine I, I went into the kitchen and I, I washed it clean. And imagine, even though I thought it was clean, as I walked past the window and I, I held this glass up in the sunlight, I see all this dirt that is still on the glass. Now the question is, did the glass all of a sudden get dirtier as it came into the light? Or did the light simply help us to see the dirt on the glass? And that's how it is with us as we live our Christian life. As the light of God's light shines into our life, we, we see the dirt. But you know, the dirt is not part of the glass. It's on the glass, but it's not part of the glass. And if you don't remember anything I say today, would you please remember the dirt is not part of the glass? Remember that. Sin is not part of the new you. We still struggle with sin. We can still present our body to sin and be affected by it. But the new you in Christ, the new me in Christ, is without sin. 
So put on the new self. Created, past tense, after the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness. And the next time you sense these deceitful urges, the desires of the flesh, I want to invite you to just take time and pray and ask the Holy Spirit to help you. Because you see, the Holy Spirit also has a set of urges that he wants you to experience. And you can ask him for help. And you can ask him to give you the desires that he wants you to have. To give you the power to pivot, to repent, to turn. To turn away from the flesh. Put that away. And to put on the spirit. May God help us as we do that and as we encourage one another to do so. Amen.